Welcome to Cat Talk Radio with your host, Molly DeVos. Molly is a cat expert and certified feline training and behavior specialist. With her expertise and her guests, you'll learn how to interpret and control behavior issues with your cat, how to entertain and converse with them, and keep up on the latest feline news around the world. Now, here is Molly DeVos. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Cat Talk Radio. I'm your host, Molly DeVos, and I'm joined by my handsome husband, Dewey, and we are both exhausted today after doing a lot of planting in the garden in record-breaking heat. So bear with us. Hopefully we won't melt before the episode is over. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Hello, my love, uh, and hello to all you cat fans out there. Wow, this this thing that we're going to be talking about today is huge, and it's so huge I can't even pronounce it. This topic (laughs) is just incredible, so I'm going to let you introduce it. (laughs) Okay, well, this is my friend Lisa Emmerich, a a feline behavior gal in Las Vegas. We we met through a class, actually, and we stay in touch, and she's just awesome about sending me good topic suggestions. And she sent me this and said she wanted, um, suggested that we talk about hyperesthesia syndrome, which is actually defined as excessive physical sensitivity, especially to the skin. So let me just read her email. In her email, Lisa said, I've come across more and more cats with hyperesthesia syndrome, and usually the owner is not aware of it. Sometimes it has led to behavior issues and other times to medical issues or both. I actually had a cat sitting client who, a cat sitting client, who had adopted two young cats and the male cat she has was not bonding, cats and the male cat she was not bonding with because he was not responsive to her affection. And I guess that means the owner wasn't bonding to him. And and he was even a little nippy when she stroked him down his back. I recognized right away that he had hyperesthesia syndrome just by visually watching him. And it completely changed her perspective on him. The interesting part is a vet will never know unless symptoms are severe and the caregiver brings them up in a visit. The other cases I've seen are very severe, and they show up medically with severe skin conditions or severe aggression when experiencing an episode. In any case, I think it would be important for caregivers to be aware of what to look for in their cats so they can at at least let their veterinarian know if they think their cat might be suffering from this syndrome. So that's why we're talking about it. Well, that's, that's interesting. So I'm not sure I totally understand what this is. You expressed uh, it, it, that there's a physical sensitivity to the skin. Is that like a rash? What does hyperesthesia look like? Well, it's it's basically, yes, an extreme sensitivity in the skin. It's almost always on the back of a cat and, and sometimes right on front of the tail. And the symptoms are really varied. And there's quite a range of them, as well as severity differences from one cat to another. So classic hyperesthesia symptoms look like this. The cat suddenly stops what they're doing. They look startled. Their ears might go back. And, and then the tail starts swishing back and forth, and they swing around towards their tail as if something's biting them on the back end. Hmm. And then the cat's back starts to ripple, and it kind of ripples or rolls like, like twitching skin, kind of like ooge, ooge, ooge. 
But other signs might be drooling or pacing or tail chasing or agitation and and biting at their tail or sides and tail thrashing. You know, some cats will bite and scratch at their front legs and paws even. And some might vocalize and then suddenly run and hide. And sometimes even, you know, urinating and defecating while running, it's, it's, it's really mm. sad. And the yeah, episodes come and go. It, it's almost like a seizure, you mm. know, because their, their pupils may dilate and, and there may be episodes of self-directed aggression or even redirected aggression, like to other cats or, or to you. That sounds horrible. Is it triggered by petting like Lisa mentioned? Yes, it can be induced by simply petting the cat's back, although episodes most commonly start without any apparent environmental stimulation at all. Wow, I bet people think their cats are possessed. What causes this? <laughs> yeah, what causes does. this? A lot of people think their cats are having hallucinations and chasing things that aren't there, you know, or retreating from some invisible invisible threat or a spirit. And, you know, cats, you know, I've got to admit, cats do that anyway, so it is a little hard to tell the difference. But it's, let me, first let me just say that this is a rare medical condition, okay? This isn't common. And, and vets and scientists don't have all the answers to it yet, but it's thought to be either a form of epilepsy or like an obsessive compulsive disorder you know another 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 theory hold on is is that there's a genetic component that's triggered by chronic stress and anxiety so i guess in that essence it, it, you could say that there's an environmental stimulation, but more recently, research experts have even suggested that it could be a problem with the electrical activity in areas of the brain that control emotion and grooming and predatory behavior. So it's really still quite a mystery. Wow, I know. And it, it just sounds worse and worse as you're talking about it. It's just amazing that these this happens. Is there any information about the type of cats that get it or maybe at what age? It can affect cats of all ages, but it does usually appear for the first time between one and five years old. And it's more common in certain breeds like Siamese, Burmese, Abyssinian, and Persians. And it can happen daily, every few days, or weekly, and, and even some cats suffer from bouts continuously for days on end. It's really horrible. But the good news is, I guess, once it does appear, it doesn't tend to progress or get much worse. But it's very, very frustrating for both the cat and the parent. It's horrible. I can imagine. So are there any ways to determine if the cat has hyperthesia or if it's just being spastic or behavior issues are involved? I mean, how do you determine all that? <laughs> That's that's an important question since I think a lot of people have cats with pent-up energy and when they get the zippies, people in vets are sometimes quick to label it as hyperesthesia syndrome. And I think human nature is to is for humans not to have wanted to play a role in the problem and, and stick a quick and easy diagnosis to it. Wow, nothing sounds, nothing about any of this sounds quick and easy to me. I, I mean, I'm just blown away by it. Now, often as I am on these shows, when you bring some of this stuff up, or some of our listeners bring it up, it's just amazing. So how do vets diagnose it properly? 
Well, there there is no test. There's no test at all for hyperesthesia syndrome. So it's a process of ruling out everything else that it could be. And that gets expensive and it includes behavior issues. So step one is to rule out any dermatologic conditions such as parasites, you know, fleas, mites, that kind of thing. Also yeast or fungal skin infections like ringworms, allergies, food allergies, as well as like flea allergies. Cats can be allergic to flea saliva, really. And then, wow. and then you move on to ruling out neurological diseases such as neuritis or cranial disease or epilepsy or partial seizures or spinal diseases. And then there could be head trauma or a tumor or an infection in the brain. It could be toxin exposure or ingesting toxins. They can also mimic neurological issues like that poor little cat we fostered, uh, Wiggles, we called him, that, you know, they thought it was a neurological issue and it turned out to be a, a toxin uh, mm-hmm. exposure. It could be arthritis even sometimes will cause this, and hyperthyroidism can cause similar symptoms. And you also have to make sure there isn't a pinched nerve or a slipped disc or any physical trauma to the spine because all of those things that involve nerves that run up and down the spine can cause similar symptoms. And then if all that is ruled out, you go on to look at the the, muscul- the musculoskeletal diseases like um, myliopathy, which is induced by feline leukemia virus, and that can be ruled out pretty easily with a Feluk test. And there could be pain, you know, it could be pain causes uh, like a abscessed bite wound or, you know, gastrointestinal tract or, you know, impacted anal sacs will even sometimes cause it. You know, I, I would time of day that these episodes happen might give you a clue there. So, like, you know, is it consistently after eating? Because hyperesthesia is going to be, you know, more more random than a particular day of time that it happens. But um, though those wow. are all the things I can think of that you'd, you'd have to rule out before you label it. Good Lord, that sounds like a lot of expensive litany of tests that the vet would have to go yes. through. Good Lord. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. can be. It absolutely can be. I mean, you'll be looking at things like blood work for a chemistry panel, uh, CBC, the complete blood count, you know, thyroid tests, and then skin tests, and maybe x-rays. And you might get referred to a veterinary specialist like a neurologist or dermatologist. So are there medications that will stop this? these episodes? Well, let me start by saying it's not curable. I know, and this just, just sounds, you know, ridiculous. Here we have a disease that there's very little known about, there's no test for, and it's not curable. <laughs> and really, wow. the, the simple answer to your question is no. But but assuming all the things that we just talked about have been ruled out, you know, or, or in some cases, too, vets might try a drug response trial to rule out some of those things. You know, they might prescribe drugs for compulsive disorders such as phloxetine or um, clumpipramine, I think that's how you say that. They might also try gabapentin, which is great for reducing anxiety, but it might affect the seizures and neuropathic pain. They, they might also try pain management drugs, you know, such as meloxicam or tramadol, or they might even try an anticonvulsant meds like phenobarbital or clozapam. 
you know, I'm not a vet, so I'm not here to recommend any particular course of treatment if you think your cat has hyperesthesia syndrome. But if your cat is presenting these symptoms, it's important to get it to your vet for diagnosis and ruling out all the other things that it might be. Wow. So is there any of the alternative medical treatments effective as a treatment? Yeah. Um Acupuncture can be effective. Massage therapy can help uh, hyperesthesia syndrome, mostly by reducing stress and nervous system overstimulation. So it, it can it can help. You know, you mentioned behavior causes. Do you get called for behavior work uh, when cats are ooging? <laughs> I guess is that, <laughs> you know you always mention that, so I thought I'd say it. <laughs> it is. It looks like that. It's like ooh, ooh. <laughs> and yeah, I do. As does Lisa, who sent me the email. You know, and and we want to look at the environment to reduce any potential stress triggers. You know, things that might cause arousal or conflict or frustration. I mean, really, you know, this should be done if it's medically diagnosed as hyperthesia. Also, I mean, it it just should be done. Period. You know, the environment needs to be modified for cats to avoid triggers that might incite an episode you know it 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 needs to be predictable you know the environment's got to be predictable uh, along with increased enrichment like prey play and food puzzles and all those things i normally you know suggest exploration opportunities high areas for climbing and and certainly if your cat is having something that appears to be an, an, an episode, a hyperesthesia episode, you know, this is not the time to be making changes. No moves, no new pets, you know, things like that. Don't move your boyfriend in just yet. Keep things as stable as possible. You know, but if and if it is happening, get a video and feel free to email it to me and and keep it on hand to share with your vet if if it, indeed it looks like hyperesthesia syndrome. You know, sometimes we can visually ascertain if it's just simple pent-up energy or if it's really hyperesthesia. So if you, if you do think that your cat may be having something like this, videotape it and email it to molly at cattalkradio.com and I'll take a, be happy to take a look at it and give you my non-vet opinion. <laughs> and, but with stress management techniques and, and medication, you know, a hyperesthesia kitty, you know, can can live a full life and happy, comfortable life. So it's not like it's a death sentence or anything like that. It's very, very stressful on on everybody involved in this. It's 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 hard. It's it's and it's really hard because people want to bond with their cats, and you feel like you're causing these episodes because when you reach down to pet your cat and it turns around to bite you or it runs away from you, you know, that, then you're like, well, what did I do? And, you know, you, it's hard not to blame yourself. So on many, many, many levels, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a serious condition and, and it's something that needs to be paid attention to. And, and like Lisa said, it's, there are a variety of levels of symptoms. So your cat could have a very mild case of hyperesthesia or it could have a really severe case. So, you know, it just, just kind of depends, but it's, but it's okay. As long I think it's, if people are aware, you know, to her point, awareness is key. So as long as you're 
aware that that's going on with your cat, then, you know, you you might be a little more compassionate to it and find ways to interact that don't involve touching it in places that are uncomfortable or that might set off or trigger an episode like this. So, yeah. Wow. That's a, that's, this is great information. Yeah. Good Thank topic. you, Lisa. Go ahead. No, I was going to say it was a good topic, Lisa, but yeah, you were saying that. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you, Lisa, for suggesting such a topic. And if anyone else out there is listening to our show, please email any suggestions that you may have as a topic, because as you can see, we do dive into them. Molly does a lot of research on each one of these. And, um, you know, for me, it's a lot of education. And you can send that topic idea to molly at cattalkradio.com. And listen, I'd like to also invite you to help support the work that Molly does. She provides these resources for free, works many behavior cases for low-income families, and does just about anything she can keep she can do to keep out the keep cats out of shelters. So if you also care about the plight of shelter cats, consider sending us a gratuity donation. We'd love to to know that there's people out there really interested in the type of work that Molly is doing. And I know there are, and if you're listening, thank you for your support. Uh, it's, you know, super easy. You can just go to the store at the Cat Behavior Solutions website, scroll down past the products to the bottom. There are donation amounts you can add to your cart, and then you can check out. Yeah, well, before you check out, <laughs> Go ahead and pick up some toys for your cat while oh, you're Oh, that's there. right. Do you that. Know? Yeah. We mentioned how great prey play is for hyperesthesia syndrome. We have one of the world's best wand toys there. And we've got catnip kick sacks, cats love. And, you know, there's just all kinds of things. There's, a, there's an amazing superfood, too, that you can put on their food that I, I think just helps overall health. So I've got uh, lots of stuff on that store that's that's unique and all Molly approved, of course. And <laughs> it's free shipping over $49. And so if you go and you buy $35 worth of stuff for your cat, you know, throw in a donation and hit it over $49 and you get shipping for free. So there you go. And and be sure to like us on Facebook and Instagram and also check out the blog while you're on the website. A lot of times people will send me topics that, you know, aren't I don't we really don't have a full 15, 20, 30 minutes worth of stuff to gab about. So I'll do those in a blog. So be sure to check that out. And, you know, this is a all volunteer based podcast. I mean, here it is Sunday evening at eight o'clock and we have worked our butts off all day long in 98 degree temperature and we are still here doing this podcast to help you take better care of your cat and to increase the bond between you and your cat and we're going to keep doing it as long as shelter euthanasia is, is the number the one number reason one cause of death in. cat <laughs> <laughs> i really messed all that up didn't i <laughs> you did. You did. <laughs> All right, everybody. Until next time. And what we'll let you off the hook, Dewey, since you uh, did so much you. hard work today. You should see this guy dig, man. He had to <laughs> dig these giant holes to put yeah. these new trees in. And I said, you know, if we ever need to bury a body, man, I'm keeping him close by. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time, everybody. Keep calm and purr on. Thank you, everybody. Goodbye. 
You can be a cat lifesaver by helping to keep us on the air. In the U.S., about 10 cats per hour are euthanized in shelters due to behavior issues. Through this educational radio show, behavior consultations, seminars, and articles, Cat Behavior Solutions intercepts cat behavior problems in the home, reducing the number of cats who are surrendered to shelters. Make a donation at catbehaviorsolutions.com. That's catbehaviorsolutions.com. Looking for products that address specific cat behavior issues? On our website, cattalkradio.com, you'll find things that will create enrichment in the environment for your cat. Toys that will reduce boredom, the world's best and safest nail clippers, and much more. All proceeds support our mission, reducing the number of cats surrendered to shelters. Stop by the site and pick up a few tips and tidbits for your cat today. Visit cattalkradio.com and look for The Behavior Shop. Thanks for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio. Please join your host, Molly DeVos, for another episode of the program on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go make a connection with your feline friend. 